Happy Monday, everybody. My name is Brandon Rosa, and welcome to another episode of the Xbox in 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes. Every Monday, this Xbox podcast covers new game releases, the previous week's Xbox gaming news, and we all learn an Xbox-related fun fact together. This show is on podcast services around the world, so please subscribe on your favorite and leave a review. Xboxin10.com, no numbers, is your quick source for links to all of our podcast destinations and social media profiles, which you can follow at Xboxin10. To start, let's talk game releases. The big games out last week were F1 2019, Samurai Showdown, and The Sinking City. Out this week, you can play They Are Billions, Just Cause 4 Los De Meninos, Illusion of La Falsha, Ovivo, Stranger Things 3 The Game, Sea of Solitude, and Attack on Titan 2 Final Battle. Two more games are going to be leaving Xbox Game Pass for console in July, and those are After Charge on July 9th and Warhammer Vermintide 2 on July 10th. Play them while you can. Now, on to last week's biggest news and we have eight stories to cover. Number one, Microsoft, Nintendo, and Sony say Trump's tariffs on China will hurt the game industry. Charlie Hall of Polygon reports, In an unprecedented display of solidarity, the world's leading video game console manufacturers issued a statement against President Donald Trump's proposed 25% tariffs on consoles manufactured in China. Microsoft, Nintendo, and Sony say that the cost will ultimately be passed on to the American consumers, and that the proposal would put at risk the jobs of more than 220,000 Americans including hundreds of small businesses. At issue is a soon-to-be-finalized list of goods imported from China with tariffs that the Trump administration has tasked the United States Trade Representative with creating. If video game consoles are added to the list, they would cost the major console manufacturers 25% more to import virtually overnight. The statement echoes similar comments from the Game Manufacturers Association, GAMA, a nonprofit organization that represents more than 1,000 companies in the hobby tabletop games industry. Quote, while we appreciate the administration administration's efforts to protect U.S. intellectual property and to preserve U.S. high-tech leadership, the disproportionate harm caused by these tariffs to U.S. consumers and businesses will undermine, not advance, these goals. Reads the statement, which is dated June 17th. Quote, Accordingly, we respectfully request the administration remove HTSUS subheading 9404.50.00 covering video game consoles from the final list of tariffs and thus retain from applying tariffs on these products. This is so important because with the new generation of consoles from PlayStation and Xbox launching next year, this is the biggest news story of the week as it could have serious repercussions in terms of what the next consoles cost at launch and how that will affect the initial install bases and market penetration. If these tariffs were put into place, what we originally are projecting that the consoles could launch at $500 could be as much as $750-$800. Big news, we'll have to keep following up on this story as it evolves. Number 2. Xbox boss Phil Spencer on giving studios more time for game quality. Collins Stevens at IGN highlights some key points from an interview with Phil Spencer on Kotaku. Phil was asked why 2019 will be the first year in nearly a decade that Microsoft won't release a Forza game, to which he responded, quote, one of the nice things I loved about the E3 2019 Xbox briefing was the things that we didn't show. I think about of the 14 first party games, 12 are shipping in the next year. We were really able to focus on what's coming now, to which I think is awesome. And then I think about the studios. Where was the initiative? Where was Turn 10? Where was Playground's second team, long rumored to be working on a new Fable game? It was nice, and this hasn't always been the case with our first party lineup, where we've had the ability to not show everything all the time. 
In the case of Forza, I want the team just like we did 343 Industries. We gave them time. We did what? Four Halos in four years? Giving them an opportunity to really think and have a creative impact when they launch. Turn 10 is similar. I want to give them time to think through their plans. You've got to be able to listen to your studios when they need time and they want to focus on more things. And as you have more content, you're able to do that. When asked why Microsoft's first-party games have seemingly diminished in quality over the last years, Spencer responded, quote, I think quality of the first party is very important. We did reach a time in our first party where the number of games and studios that we actually had and were investing in put a lot of pressure on everything that we were doing, and it became more difficult to manage a portfolio when you kind of needed everything at any point to hit the date that had been picked three years ahead of time at that very high level of quality. The support that we're getting now and we've had over the last couple of years has allowed us to invest in our first party, adding eight new studios and really create room for us to focus on quality. Phil and Xbox have stayed persistent on their dedication to growing the number and quality of their first-party games, and I hope we all get to see this come to fruition. PlayStation has undeniably had amazing first-party games this generation, with more still to come. Xbox needs to be able to at least compete with Sony if they want to exist this space the way they want for years to come. Number 3. The second ID at Xbox Game Pass showcase was this week, and 11 new games were announced for Xbox Game Pass. For Xbox Game Pass console and PC, Time at Porta, Bad North, Goner, The Banner Saga 3, Yoku's Island Express, and Worms WMD. For just Xbox Game Pass for PC, Undertale, Time Spinner, Unavowed, Machinarium, and For the King. There was also interviews with developers on 8 key games coming to Game Pass. Blair Witch, Pathologic 2 and Secret Neighbor, Broforce, Ruiner, Hotline Miami, The Messenger, and Hatiful Boyfriend, Way to the Woods, Spiritfarer, Creature in the Well, Undermine, and Star Renegades. I like this new digital brand they have created with Idea Xbox Game Pass Showcase. It highlights games that you may not have had on your radar, and I highly recommend that you check it out for yourself to see what piques your own interest. It's on Xbox's YouTube channel, and it's under 20 minutes. Enjoy! Number 4. Cyberpunk 2077 install size is twice as big as The Witcher 3. Jesse Wade at IGN notes, the disk space needed for Cyberpunk 2077 has been revealed by Game Pressure, which they confirmed after pre-ordering the game from the PlayStation Store. The PlayStation 4 version will reportedly need at least 80GB of space, which is more than twice the size of The Witcher 3's install and 13GB larger than Days Gone. Exciting for Xbox One gamers, however, is, according to the report, the Xbox One version of Cyberpunk 2077 should be able to use its 4K capabilities but it is unknown how much disk space the Xbox One version will require. More exciting news for a game that is at the very top of my most anticipated games list. Number 5. Microsoft cuts internal original content creators and producers at Inside Xbox and Mixer. Amanda Faro at GameDaily.biz writes, The affected positions appear to be at Inside Xbox and Mixer, with heavy implications that Microsoft is moving away from internal original content creation. This appears to be a strategy shift for Microsoft, as Mixer continues to move toward taking a bigger bite of the streaming pie. Cutting whole teams of original content producers indicates that Microsoft is taking a different approach moving forward, potentially tapping its vast network of streamers and influencers that would likely be eager to step up. It's unlikely that Xbox and Microsoft will fully move away from the original content though. The cuts at Inside Xbox, which is the Xbox brand's live news show, have removed internal broadcasters, writers, and producers. It would appear that Microsoft is digging deep into removing internal content creation, which has a tendency to be expensive. Given the slow rollout, these layoffs and related strategy shifts seem to have been brewing for some time now. As much as I have enjoyed the every few month inside Xboxes, I do believe a shift in direction may be able to help the brand. I have enjoyed the success Nintendo has done with their directs, and now Sony with their state of place. Short, sweet, to the point, pre-recorded videos. Regardless, my thoughts go out to everyone who has lost their jobs.
Number six, a narrative-driven PUBG game will require a complete gameplay overhaul. Yes, you heard that correctly. Announced this week is a new PUBG game coming, and it's not a battle royale. Seth Macy at IGN writes, it's not a sequel either. In fact, it's an original narrative experience within the PUBG universe, according to the PUBG Corporation. Glenn Schofield, formerly of Sledgehammer and Visceral Games, known for the Call of Duty games and Dead Space franchise, is leading up PUBG Corporation's new studio, Striking Distance, to build this new PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds game. As Seth states in his article, and I completely agree, the gameplay is going to require a complete ground-up rebuild though. If you've ever played one of the custom PUBG modes like Deathmatch, you know the game doesn't lend itself well to being played outside its battle royale comfort zone. With all the hundreds of hours that he has played into PUBG, he still doesn't like how the guns feel. I personally can't say I've played hundreds of hours, but I do agree like I said with Seth Macy. I have played enough to know though that the gunplay simply can't compare to contemporaries in the first and third person shooter genres. Number 7. EA Executives Give Up Their 2019 Performance Bonuses Eddie Makach at GameSpot notes, Electronic Arts CEO Andrew Wilson and a series of other high-ranking executives at the publisher declined their cash bonuses for the latest financial year which ended March 31st. This was confirmed in a Securities and Exchange Commission filing dated June 21st and reported on by GameDaily.biz. Quote, Our CEO and his staff requested that they receive no performance cash bonus award for fiscal 2019, reads a line from the filing. The filing mentioned that Wilson and other executives declined their cash bonuses due to EA poor financial results in fiscal year 2019. And quote, in order to maintain alignment with our pay for performance executive compensation philosophy. While we are disappointed with our fiscal 2019 results, we understand the challenges we face and we will continue to focus on how we can apply the strengths of our company to capitalize on our opportunities, the statement explains. EA made $4.95 billion for fiscal 2019, which was down from $5.15 billion during the previous fiscal year. The downturn in revenue might sound surprising given EA landed a huge hit with Apex Legends during this year. However, the title was only released in February 2019, which was just ahead at the end of the fiscal year in March. EA also had a few high-profile misses during the year, including Battlefield 5 and Anthem, both of which underperformed. I think this is a commendable but seemingly necessary move by EA leadership in the wake of Anthem's reception and the year-after-year negative perception from their consumers. Number 8. Surprise Crackdown 3 Flying High Update Adds More Free Achievements Rebecca Smith at TrueAchievements.com writes, Developer Sumo Digital had always been open about their plans for Crackdown 3 and were expecting the Keys to the City update at the end of last month. Now they've decided to give us a free surprise. Today's Flying High Update adds more gadgets for players to use, most notably an agency wingsuit and they're accompanied by new achievements on Crackdown 3 campaign. For those of you enjoying Crackdown 3 or want to get back in, here's a few more reasons to play. As always, before we end the show, we all learn an Xbox fun fact together. Today is another history lesson, but this time for Xbox 360. Credit to Tom Gresham, who wrote this in September of 2017 on ItStillWorks.com. More than 50 million Xbox 360 consoles were sold between its release in November 2005 and January 2011. That's more than double the amount of consoles sold of the previous generation Xbox. The Xbox 360 console emerged as the best-selling console in the United States in late 2010 and early 2011. Microsoft offered four versions of the console, and at the the time of the publication of this article and the company listed more than 800 games for sale on its website on that note thank you guys all for listening to another episode of the xbox intent podcast your weekly source of xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes if you like the show please subscribe on your favorite podcast service share it with your friends and follow on all social media at xbox intent this past week i've continued to play through the halo franchise and i beat halo 3 and halo 3 odst i'm enjoying my time and i've just started halo reach unfortunately it's not yet on the master chief collection so i'm 
when I have to use that beautiful backwards compatibility program and start my journey. My name is Brandon Rosa. You can follow me on Xbox at Brosa93. I hope you all have a great week and keep on gaming.